Hello and welcome to this training session. My name is Ashraf Ayad and I'll be working with you today in one of the production library shaders. It's called MIP Motion Vectors. So let's get started. The idea behind motion vectors is that uh, you want to take out the motion blur from the actual rendering and do that in post. That will be done via motion vectors. If you look at my scene here, I have a simple animation of character running off a building and the uh, render time is about 1 minute 14 seconds so if I come here for example back to the same frame that I was at but this time I wanna see my animation in motion blur so what I'm gonna do now I'm just gonna enable my regular motion blur and I'm just using all the default values I'm just gonna keep this image for future comparison and render time again is 1 minute 14 seconds so here's the render for the motion blur and you'll notice here it starts adding blur and the blur is an actual process in the rendering because what we will see in uh, the motion vectors it's a post process same that was done with the MIP motion blur and I'm having final gather here for the rendering just to uh, eliminate the scene nothing more so you can see starting to see here the motion blur and you can see now there's a lot of blur happening on her own, especially around her head area and the uh, render time has increased dramatically to four minutes it was one minute before so let's keep this image one more time what I'm gonna do right now I'm just gonna close the shutter in the motion blur so the shutter open at zero and closes at zero there means there will be no, sh no motion blur we just triggered the motion blur command Surrender. So now you see there is no motion blur, even though that we have motion blur triggered, just because we had the shutter open, shutter close at a value of zero. And notice again the render time has dropped. What we need to do now is to extract the motion vectors, so we can use that in post, for example, in using applications such as combustion or After Effects or Toxic. Uh, these applications can calculate the motion vectors on the fly and give you motion blur in post. So let's see how we're going to do that. One thing I might want to mention here, because since I'm using to Maya 2009, it has built-in render passes that three of them are related to motion vectors. So the 2D motion vector, 3D motion vector, and normalized 2D motion vectors. The MIP motion vectors were introduced in Maya 2008, actually. It was a, a hidden shader, as we already knew. In this particular exercise, we're just going to work with it just to see how it works. You can easily go with the render passes, but in case if you want to need to know how to use this, we're going to go just with the MIP motion blur. Sorry, the MIP motion vectors. So grab my node. I'm going to go to the hypershade, select my camera. Here it is. And I'm going to grab under the Monterey node. We already know it's a post process, so I'm just going to go to the output shaders and grab the motion vectors. So I have my MIB motion vector and the perspective shape node. Let me grab this up. I'm going to go middle mouse, drag the motion vector on top of the perspective, and I'm going to choose other. I want to make sure on both left and right to show hidden. So I'm going to take the message out of the MIB motion vector and I'm going to go look for the MI or the mental images section. There we go, the mental ray controls. And since this is an output shader, I'm just going to collect it in here. Hit close. 
Now, if we look at the parameters of the MIP motion vector, we have a bunch of them that are similar to the MIP motion blur, but other different values. So just let's render this by default and see how it will look like. Get this image and render. See now the render is going very quickly. And since this is a post-process, the image will display after the render is complete. So the render is complete, but it did not flip to uh, the MIP motion vectors. Or actually, it did not give me the motion vectors. And I think I know why, because I forgot to enable a couple of items in the actual output. So let's minimize that for a second and select the camera. If you go down here under the mentor array, now you have that legacy output sheet that has been added just because of the connection that we just made. By default, it only gives you color. We want depth and motion vector as well. If you're going to be rendering float or short, which is a different type of bits, like this is 8 bits, uh, this could be 16 or 32 for float, we can adjust it accordingly. So let's render that one more time. So the final step of the render. And here you go. That's what I was expecting. So this pretty much is the variation of uh, green and uh, red colors. And this is what we get used to calculate the motion vectors in post. So what you happening in here is that all these pixels get a value of red and green according to their uh, position in the, in the screen. So the x-axis, for example, will take the red and the green will go for the y-axis. Production uh, applications such as Toxic or After Effects will look at these values and calculate the motion blur, drive it from it. So in order to get more of these color information embedded in your render, it would be recommended to render at a floating point so you can have more color embedded rather than just 0 to 225. You'll have more colors or more calculation for the colors that can be embedded in that image. But for the sake of simplicity, I'm just going to be using the 8-bit for this demo. So let's have a quick look at our parameters that we have in the MIP motion vectors. So the first thing we're going to be looking at is the maximum displace. And this value is by default is uh, 50. However, you can adjust this value according to your need. And what this actually does, it will set the maximum encode value or that number that will be for the vector length. And that length is that one going to be decided or actually going to be encoded in the motion vector itself as the maximum movement of these pixels. So if you want these pixels to move a little bit further than this in your motion blur, you will have to increase this maximum distance. And since we're working with 8-bit, we should be using the 50 as the value of choice. However, if you're going to be using uh, the 16-bit or a float or half, that is actually half, you should be using 2000 as the value. You can even put it in here. As you see, it will adjust. So it's not really hard-coded to 50. But again, like I said, for this simple exercise, we're going to be using 8-bit, so therefore I'm going to be choosing the 50. If you're wondering how did I come up with these number 50 or 2000, it's actually Zap Anderson wrote this in his uh, PDF regarding the production library. That's how I get these numbers from. However, if you leave a value of 0 in here, or if you give the maximum displacement a value of 0, that means these pixel movement or the encoded of this uh, movement is going to be relative to the image size. For example, my image here is 720 uh, by 486, so it's 720 in the X. That means if the movement happens within 720 in the X, that will be encoded as 1 in the maximum displacement, and so on. If we check blue is magnitude, 
That means the blue color in the channel represent the magnitude of the blur and the red when the green only encodes the second direction only. If this is off then obviously we're not going to be using the blue channel. So let's render it with on to see how it will look like. And here you go. That's how it will look like when the blue is the magnitude. That will depend entirely on the application that's going to be reading this motion vector. So for example out of After Effects we'll be reading uh, using a plugin called RealSmart. It, it's not going to be using this type of motion vectors therefore uh, for this exercise I'll be using that in Adobe After Effects so I'm going to disable the bluest magnitude. When we disable that or we turn it off that means uh, we're not going to be using the blue uh, and rather we'll be using the red and green in here to calculate the directions and magnitude as well. There's now for the floating point format 0 is the default that means off there's no going to be floating point. If you give it 1 this is the telling it's actually calculate the floating point to be written when you do the render and if you give it value of 2 it will also take the pixels aspect ratio in consideration when it's writing the floating point. So we're going to set this back to 0. Blur environment that means if the camera is moving and the environment behind the character for example in here that we see movement in it that will also be enabled as well but since this is a camera still and it's just the character is the one that's moving there's no need for it so I'm going to disable that. Pixel threshold that means how minimum movement that the pixel will have to do before it calculated in the motion vectors so for example if I set this to a value of uh, 50 that means as long as the pixel did not move more than 50 don't give it motion vectors so you can disable some of the motion vectors according to the movement of the pixels itself so sim similar to what we talked about in the MIP motion blur the last thing in here is the uh, output to the frame buffer and you will need to take that if you if you want to a different frame buffer we will need a custom shader for this use coverage if you were using the coverage remember that we looked at in here if we were using coverage I would have enabled that in here but since we're not then it's going to be disabled so we're pretty much rendering to render now you will have two choices either render this scene once to give you the images as this and then render it one more time to give you the motion vectors but this is not going to be very efficient what we need actually is a solution to output this rendering to a frame buffer this way we don't have to repeat the render of course you can do it in render layers but it's not really optimum solution you need to output this or we need to figure a way to take this to the frame buffer and the way to do that we're going to use the custom frame buffer in uh, pre-2009 there was an option under the frame buffer here that would say create custom buffer but since this now using the passes and the passes are using that buffer you don't want to be conflicting with it that's why they hit it so for this we're going to start using a uh, the mill script that actually create that custom buffer and I just wrote it down here for you in a big font so you guys can capture it and the first one is create node mentorway user buffer and the reason I don't want to use the uh, default command from here because if I do that it creates it but it doesn't give me the option to use any custom frame buffer there's a checkbox here that should do that so let's just me do undo for this one and I'm gonna use now the mill script so create node mentorway user buffer that go my script editor and you'll see now it created it and since that's the first one it created so it gave it a value of one so mentory user buffer one I'm gonna go back to my camera and if I hit create under the 
Document Array Output Shader. I need now to connect it. So I'm going to connect Adder minus F, Mentary User Buffer 1, message to the MI default options. And once I did that, you see now there's that option that I was talking about use user frame buffer. It was disabled before, but once we did that, it's up here now. So I can now check it, and by default, it will pick the buffer that was there. If I had multiple buffers, I will have the pull down menu to choose from. Again, all I wanted is that option to come up for me. I'm just going to choose file mode. Uh, choose a format, for example, TIFF, and we give it a name as a postfix. So your file name will be whatever the file name that you're going to render, underscore that name that we're going to put in here. So let's call that vector render. Now, if I render this, you're still going to get the motion vector on top of your render because the motion vectors was not assigned to go to a frame buffer. So for that, you got to make sure that you go to the motion vector tab again. And in here, remember we said we can output this. To output this, we're going to use a custom shader, but this time we're going to take it to the frame buffer. So there is no need for the shader. I'm going to assign it to a value. So if it's the first one in the buffer, I could should have said zero. And actually, if you're using Maya 2008, place zero here, and it will output correctly. But since this is 2009, and, and I don't want to conflict with the uh, render passes, because they use the buffers as well. So I'm going to give this a value of one. Now I'm just going to adjust my render settings to render TIFF and 24 frames padding by two. And I'm ready but pretty much it gonna do render batch render. In order to see this file as output you need to do a batch render. It's not gonna show up in your render view. So I'm just gonna pause the recording and come back once the render is done. Now in After Effects I'm gonna go grab my animation sequence. I'm just gonna choose unmatted and now grab the motion vectors. As you see now, the naming convention came out correctly, so I have my rendered image name, followed by the underscore and the postfix that we chose. Last thing I'm going to do is I'm going to grab a background image. And we're done. So just going to put everything together now. So here is my animation sequence. And you'll see the girl now is running towards the edge. And of course, take a nice big leap. So let's go to the frame. 13, pretty much the frame that we were using in Maya. Let's grab the background image and put it in here. Okay, so we see now there's no motion blur, obviously. For this, now to use the motion vectors, I'm going to use a plugin for After Effects. It's called ReadSmart, powered by a company called Revision. And as you can see here from their uh, URL, revisionfx.com, and the product is called ReadSmart. Uh, this is the one that we're going to be using today. If you right-click, you'll have Effect, and then you can choose the plugin from here. And you'll see it automatically, the plugin does calculation between the frame before and frame after, and see if the pixel is moving and blur it, and give you the motion blur. So the plugin automatically has a built-in way of motion blur and post. But since we are using the uh, motion vectors, I'm just going to go back to my project here, and uh, grab the motion vectors at the bottom. Let's actually see that, so you guys can see how it will look like. Uh, since I don't need that anymore, I can go back to the effect panel on the uh, animation itself, and you have an option that says the alternate motion source is what. So you can say, I want it to be the motion vectors. And you will see now a very similar effect. 
from the previous built-in but you can obviously because if you are using the motion vectors and you want to customize it it will be more powerful here to use so you see now the motion blur has been added on the fly so this was the how to use the uh, MIP motion vectors in Maya and output them in After Effects or uh, the other post application that you have and the end result you'll have a motion blur that happens on the fly well I hope you guys enjoyed this session and I'm looking forward to talk to you more